0: Welcome back, goddamn, to another edition of Tell Me a Joke. The guy, of Jason, the Dream. I'm your host of Monologue, and this Smith. said the whole thing like a pimp named back. And today, man, I got the long friend. We've been in the trenches since, since, since youngins in this game, Oof. man. <laughs> Don't and put a date on that. I know it's so good that we've we've got to grow older in this, man. Give it up for Amanda G. How you been, Amanda?
1: I've been great.
0: How oh, you good. Been? Oh, I've been I've been well. I've been like it's it's getting better.
1: You're always good, though. Like, yeah. You're a guy that, like, even if things are the worst, you're like positive yeah. and happy. And I do always- try
0: to, st- I do try to stay positive about things. Hence why I, 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 I do this podcast just to actually have a reason to keep up with everybody. You know, because yeah. this feels so good just to see faces. Because we, we have been in this game for a very long time. Like, how how long have you been? doing comedy for man.
1: For about eight years. Eight years. I've known yeah. you the entire time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I've always wondered because you you seem like a very busy person because that comedy <laughs> is not the comedy's not the first thing. It is basically the second thing, but you're your full time is you're a lawyer. Right? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> How does that feel I've I I have been speaking on actually juggling life in adulthood with the entertainment side like so how has that been because you? you've done this for quite some time
1: yeah i've been a lawyer um i've worked at the same place um for 14 years yeah um so i i work at legal services and i help tenants who are facing eviction so it's mm. not just being a lawyer it's like a nonprofit lawyer where i don't make a ton of money yeah. i'm doing good God's work or whatever you want to say, but it is very exhausting Yeah, Um, and it's it's very stressful because people are oftentimes in crisis and especially with COVID, like, you know, COVID happened and then a lot of people who've never faced eviction, who've never not worked, are now unemployed and facing eviction at a time when we didn't even know if it was safe to touch our groceries, you know? Um, So for me comedy it was a weird time yeah it was a weird time you think back to like all the stuff we were doing in the beginning of COVID and you're like that was our life yes like that was our everyday oh Um, my
0: god it's so good to be out of
1: that (laughs) but like the thing that I like about comedy is my thing with Especially, you know, at a high pressure job. Mm -hmm. When you leave work, you really need to leave work.
0: Yes. You know, and like
1: my first few years, I was right out of law school. I was going to change the world. You know, (laughs) I was going to I was working weekends. I was staying late every day and I was burning myself out. And it's, you know, that's not healthy for me. And you can't. It's it's the. I wish I could find a better example, but it's Mm -hmm. the whole like when you're on the airplane and they tell you, like, if the masks drop down, you got to put the mask on yourself first. Right. Um, Which sounds weird when there's a kid, like, potentially dying next to you. Right. But you can't help the kid until, like, you're able to breathe. So, (laughs) you you know, you take that to your life um, and you have to figure out a way to kind of balance things. So, my thing is when I leave work, I leave work. Um, Mm. And comedy helps me do that because when I'm. In comedy mode, I'm in comedy mode, and I don't want to be talking about this sad shit. Right. (laughs) I want to be making Uh. people laugh
0: people see it's a funny thing because people always ask me at work they're like they always come up to me and tell me it's like once they find out that i'm a comedian they're like oh man you probably gonna be using all half of this that you be seeing at work <laughs> on your stage you be gonna become your material and i'm like no i, I no you're yeah i mean thank you for flattering yourself <laughs> but you 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 don't become part of the act unless it's something really serious other than that like it's like no man my my act is more of my life but it's 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 strange that you know that's the first thought that that's where it goes but I'm like man no work is work okay I yeah. don't bringing up work at like a comedy <laughs> place this is like you know these people left work to come here to not hear about work so yeah you know most times like, I, I don't want to bring up work all the time it's the no? last
1: thing you want to talk about exactly. you like you left work like, exactly why are we still at work <laughs> they're not paying me they're not paying me at the bar to talk about this oh
0: and yeah most people most people prefer to hear something silly <laughs> something far-fetched something out of the norm like so it, in the beginning like cause was this was this your your path what, did you know that it was gonna be a lawyer and then then comedy or did comedy kind of spring up on you too
1: comedy sprang up on <laughs> me for sure <laughs> it's um, so good to hear that
0: from other people <laughs> yeah
1: I well when I was a kid I had stage fright oh. I was scared I mm-hmm. like I had I had a mother who kind of like took care of business in the family so like none of us ever had to say anything yeah. <laughs> you know if I had a problem I'd just tell my mom and she'd go tell whoever and take care of it um but i was painfully shy um i think for me a lot of it was like i knew i was i didn't quite know i was gay i hadn't figured that out but i always knew i was different than everybody and i feel like that made me uncomfortable in my own skin Ah. and in a way i kind of like regressed into myself yeah um i was a very very quiet kid i if there was more than two people in front of me i'd have a panic attack talking class presentations were a nightmare um and then i think becoming a lawyer forces you oh, okay i you have to be in front of a judge and your yeah. client and the yeah. landlord and you got
0: thrown in the trenches immediately yeah
1: in a courtroom full of strangers and you know you, i end up giving like community presentations and you know so that forced me to be comfortable just yeah. talking to people and kind of being on stage in a way oh. um and then i always i've always loved I'm one of those people that was like a comedy nerd yeah still am and one day Uh, Right before I turned 30 I was like I think I want to try Stand up Just try it once You know So I spent the next six months I was going to every mic Every show I could All I listened to at work Was uh, podcasts about comedy Comedy Mm -hmm. acts Like I just Did that for six months straight Wrote a set did it at Carrollton station it was complete garbage (laughs) it was was complete i tell people this no one even remembers this um but at the time this was happening the the winter olympics in russia were happening in sochi russia no one remembers this you might remember bob costas had like the fucked up eye oh shit um yeah, he had like an eye infection and they were like, oh. we're going to put this guy on the screen. Um, and this was before memes and, and TikTok, but TikTok would have had a field day with this. Yeah. Uh, but it was this small town in Russia that wasn't ready for how many people show up for the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, so there was like hotel rooms with no walls on them. Like no one had Internet and they're like broadcasting. Like it was just an, like, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And so I was like, I'm going to do uh, I didn't know how to write jokes and I yeah. didn't know how to write jokes about myself. So I was just going to do topical stuff, you know, uh-huh. and that's what was happening at the time. And nobody even remembers this Olympics occurred. <laughs> um, so it was really like a bad idea. But I got up there and like I said, my jokes went OK. I won't say like I totally bombed, but yeah. I, I didn't do great. And I yeah. think it was because I was a first timer. There was kind of right. that. Sympathy of like, vibe. well, she's doing it. Yeah. She's doing the thing. She seems, <laughs> she seems nice enough. She's <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah. She's not making fun of us. We're good. Yeah. Um But it's this, and I tell everyone this, it's this energy you get. It's this adrenaline rush yeah. you get when you get on stage. And I'd never felt that like in anything it's else. It's
0: a different feeling. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. you're ready. No, I don't think anybody's ever ready for that feeling. People can go ahead and fathom mm-hmm. what that feeling might be like. But until you actually get up there and it's just like, Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, my first time at, at the Carrollton Station. Yeah. that what I went. Because <laughs> the first two places just shut me out. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, what I do mean thought, they
1: shut you out? Like,
0: one of them, uh, the first place I went to, because I looked it up. I looked up where to do comedy at. And the first place I went to, they were like, oh, no, we don't do comedy here anymore. I think it was the little box place uh, right there off of Claiborne. And the second place I went to, it was La Nuit. Like okay. the and they were having like some type of. They didn't do comedy anymore. They just did improv. Oh, and I was like, That's oh, why they're no. not there
1: anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can talk shit. Yeah, I know, <laughs> they're not there. It, I, I have no beef with them. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: uh, and then after that, I I found because uh, it was the next day and it was Wednesday and it was Calvin Station. And I'm like, all right, I guess this is where I'm going. And my first time getting up there, like, it was fun. But I remember the way my heart felt. I remember remember the way, like, every, like, my face got hot. Like, uh, it, it felt like the inside of my chest was red. It just felt like a color. For some reason, I was like, I yeah. don't like, I don't like how this feels, <laughs> but I understand that it is my turn, and I have to do something about this. I got to do it. Like yeah. I got to get in there, and like I was so, pre- I wasn't, I was prepared to the point to where I, I actually did it in front of my mom a couple of times, which is I've, I've never ever done that ever again. <laughs> like ever since like I verbatim. I wrote it down. I, I I I recited it. I recited it on my phone and I played it back while I was asleep, thinking that was gonna help, you know, and then I told I stood in front of my mama and I told my mama my seven minute jokes and I, I was like, This feels terrible. I would never ever do this again and I didn't but when I got to the club, uh when I got to uh, not the club, but when I got to Carrollton, it was like Five minutes, and I was like, "Oh, I wrote for seven minutes, <laughs> so that made me even more nervous of because course. I was like, I don't know how to chop mm-hmm. anything down. I have this, have this memorized verbatim. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then that's when I got up and I realized this is what I will be doing probably for the rest of my comedy career. And I went up there and I just ran off on the points, and I was like, Oh, okay." You know, in the beginning I used to beat myself up because I wouldn't say certain things that I had written down. Mm-hmm. But you learn after a while. It's not always going to be the same. You know, it's, it's 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 different, but you know, I was frightened in the beginning. Very frightened. But, you know,
1: yeah. No, because you hear like like Jerry Seinfeld, he's the best example of this. If you see mm. Jerry Seinfeld or John Mulaney, they tell every joke the exact same way mm-hmm. with the exact same words they don't deviate at all and then you'll see other comics that will totally deviate they'll go yeah. off on a tangent for 30 minutes like yeah. if you ever see Paula Poundstone and it's an old name but like she's the best example of this she'll in a special spend half of it just talking to the audience <laughs> um, and just riffing so there's no like one way to do comedy it's like Ian Bagg. yeah yeah <laughs> But but we're told like oh you have to memorize this and say it this right. way and and if this part you know sometimes too you have a joke that like the first three times you told it it killed right the fourth time you told it crickets and go,
0: yeah it's so weird
1: and you're like what did I what did I do and then yeah. You yeah it's old. always you it's like no no
0: no because it worked the first four times I yeah. had to have done something wrong this time like what uh, how do you write. Like, what do you? Are you more of an on stage writer? Or are you more, I need to sit down in a quiet room type writer?
1: Neither. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> I, try, I try so hard. I try to set aside time for myself where yeah. I'll, like, go to the park or I'll go to a cafe with a notebook and I'll have you know concepts that i want to work on or i'll just be like this is my time to write yeah it doesn't happen that way for me um on stage occasionally i'll come up with something just telling a joke and then something pops in my head um but i can't rely on that because i'm not someone that can really riff on stage comfortably um what happens for me is i'm Usually it's like I'm doing something like washing dishes or yeah. I'm in the shower something
0: something constructive like yeah you're, you're like something you're always doing something at the moment.
1: Yeah, where like one part of my brain is focused on this thing but it's yeah. not taking up my whole brain yeah. and then things pop in my head. Um, and then I just write those pieces down and then so I do. a lot of people do jokes where they write the whole bit. Mm-hmm. They tell the bit, they chop it down to the things that don't work yeah. with the things that work. Then they build it back up. Yeah. I just take pieces and I just tell these little pieces until they tie together. Oh. Um, and they kind of like just come together into a bit.
0: Oh, snap. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't interesting.
1: know. That's my, probably not the best way to do it. But that's just how my brain works. Yeah. And, everybody's got their own method. Yeah. That's interesting. And I've tried it the other way. I've tried to write these whole bits and they're garbage because there's like <laughs> three punchlines maybe. And it's just me kind of rambling because yeah. my brain's trying to force itself into these boxes that it's just, they don't work.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. my my structure, most of the time, I've, uh, I write everything out story form because it's mostly, it's something that happened to me. So whenever a bit does come about or whenever something silly comes into my head, I write it down and I just keep writing as if I'm talking to somebody telling them about it Mm. but anytime that happens like the goodness doesn't come out like the first time you tell it or anything so as i write it down i'm like okay this is funny but when i go on stage it's in the realm of when i do the joke it's in the realm of what i wrote but nothing of what i what i what i say is nothing of what i wrote down and so it's like oh okay so this is how the joke should go but how i written it down it is is not how i said it and so it's like ah and that's usually how my jokes work and it's it's very weird because i want sometimes for it to be verbatim but i i just basically i just wrote down the story premise and then mm-hmm. i take that and I, I i mash it up into what i think we be a good conversation piece to tell somebody and so like i have key points that i can hit but i tell it a different way than i wrote it and it's like oh Okay. I can see
1: that, because like, when you're on stage, number one, you talk very quickly. Yeah. Um So I don't know how you would remember all of those words. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but I feel like you just kind of let your brain go where it's going to go. Yeah. You know, like I've heard you tell certain bits, you know, differently many yeah. times. They're mostly the same, but you just, you know, you deviate a little bit on the details, and that's kind of the fun of it.
0: Yeah, it is. I do get excited when that happens, because then you find a different lane that it can take, and it's like, oh, this just this added a few more links to the train now i can that's what i've been doing lately with my bits i've been taking old bits and bringing them with newer bits because the premises are kind of the same so i'm like oh if i mash these together that makes that makes a longer set right there and like now it I, it, people can understand where I'm going with something instead of just being like, "Here, this is something silly," and I like, "Here, this is something silly." They're two different silly things, but <laughs> it's silly nonetheless. And it's like, "No, no, I can actually stick to a plot or have a have a story or behind what I'm talking about now."
1: Yeah, you have a through line. We, like yeah, that's that's the whole thing that you that's want. It's like this through this line. through line and yeah. different pieces about different things that don't seem related can be related.
0: Yeah, yeah. It may and and I I think. The only place I w- I have gotten that from was New Orleans because I go other places and it doesn't like I, I've everything that I go when I go other places I've taken what I've learned from here to other places because every time I go to other places I'm like oh what y'all do and how y'all do this this is not how this is not what I want to retain like this is not the knowledge of of good comedy experience that I (laughs) want to go ahead and tell other people so I'm like no the best experiences I had is is that um, being in New Orleans down here and that's why I I'm always compelled to come back and talk to the friends that I've had just because I understand and spend some time in the stories are going to be great. And especially being this journey, everybody, we've all been through something to get somewhere and we're still trying to get there. So,
1: yeah, well, New Orleans, what I like about the comedy, I I like that our comedy scene is we're not, um, you know, we didn't we don't really have a comedy club here. So we're like an underground We're an underground, you know, it's all bars, mostly bars Mm -hmm. and restaurants and random art venues and things, and whereas other places have... Um, you know multiple like comedy clubs like performance spaces concert halls things that we're not we don't perform at right so we're performing at bars where we don't know who's gonna show up we don't have our audiences worked out right Um, and we're also like we're not quite a big city we're not like New York City or Chicago Mm -hmm. but we're not a small town either we're kind of like that in between yeah so you get people from like all over the places. I don't know. I just I, I like the vibe here a lot, um, and I think the comedy scene. Everybody's really cool and friendly and supportive. Yeah,
0: definitely, because it is grimy out here to deal with mm-hmm. these bar patrons. Yeah. It's just like, oh, y'all don't care, y'all. Well, <laughs> this is what's happening now. So hopefully, we can woo you over. to yeah, to, yeah that, and you don't. In other places you don't get that because people are normally come in there for it, specifically that. And like I this like I say this is still one of the best places to grow in comedy just because like there is no cakewalk down here. Like the only good cakewalk there is is because the other comedians are like they are here for each other, you know, but everything else is still get it how you live because you still gotta deal with these normal New Orleanians, you know, <laughs> who are all probably drunk by the time they get to whatever destination they're getting to. So but like
1: is. like you lived in L.A. for a while, right? Yes. So you lived in L.A. Like I'm from Los Angeles originally. Mm-hmm. So I go back there. So I haven't been back since COVID, but I usually go back there at least once or twice a year. Yeah. And of course, I try to do comedy and I've never figured out. <laughs> I never figured out the scene there because it's, so, you know, oh. there's like eight million people in New Orleans like, or in Los Angeles. or Yeah. It's so spread out. Everything's so spread out. Like you can drive two hours and still be in L.A. County. Yeah. Um, And there's different pockets of scenes, and I could never figure out how it worked. And it didn't feel as supportive. And part of that is because it's so big, part of it is that there's industry there where it is actually kind of a competition.
0: That is so um, good to get because I thought I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I, I, okay, this is here. These people are over here. It's lucrative if I go here, but I sometimes can't make it here. And these people don't give a shit about anything and they're terrible over here. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was, I'm like, I don't know where to go. Like, I don't, like, none of this feels right to me.
1: And I, yeah, I hate, like, the last time I was there, I was just frustrated because every, Mike had rules. Some of them like, charged you money. Oh. Some of them like one Mike, um, Terrible. And it was off of Beverly Boulevard somewhere. Um, and they were like, Okay, you get here at eight thirty, you have to you have to buy a drink at the bar. And once yes. you bought a drink, they'll give you a ticket. You give you a ticket and then right. you, once you get that ticket, you sign up. So I got there, my high school friend came with me. My brother and two of his friends were meeting us. I get there at eight thirty. I, I I got there at eight buy my drink at eight thirty. at 8 31 i sign up first on this list mm. four hours later four, four hours later oh my God. so my friend was drunk as shit i was trying not to be drunk as shit but like <laughs> that's a long okay, ass time oh yeah. um, i finally get on stage because the lady that ran it she was letting all of her friends that showed up yeah just um, oh yeah dude hey course. what's up what's up mike come on in um just go before me and I'm watching this happen, like 20 people, you know, she's giving them obviously more time so than gross. the people she doesn't know. I finally go up four hours later, <sighs> do my set. I don't think I did that great of I was so, like, I didn't even want to be there. But my friends, a so I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, 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 and my friend that was <laughs> kind of uh. drunk uh, half <laughs> passed out. Um, I think my brother and his friends had left at that point because mm. they thought they'd catch me and then they're musicians, so they were going to go play, you know, mm. like, people had lives. Um, mm. But I did my set, and then the lady was like, oh, you did really well, come back next week. Mm-mm. And I was like, I just... I And I told her I was, like, in town for the week. So I was like, right. oh, come on, lady. No, so was thank like, you. That kind of stuff was happening where it's like, don't set rules. Like, don't have, like, this be the rule where, like, you right. buy a ticket, you sign up on the list, you get there early, you get to go up early. Like, that's what you said, <sighs> and that's not what happened. And it was nope. it's stuff like that constantly where I was like, I... It's fine when I'm visiting for a few days, but, like... So that, much yeah. of that.
0: So much of that down there. And in
1: New Orleans, if they have a rule, like, you get here at 7, you sign up, you you're going to be on...
0: You're going to be where yeah. you signed up at. Yeah. Unless, unless they rearranged the list, but it's still not nothing not major. Like you understand where you're going to be because they, the list is put up. Instead yeah. of, like, hey, put your head in this mm. bucket, and we're going to shake it up real quick. And then whoever <laughs> we pull, boom, Russian roulette, you next. It's like, I don't, I don't care oh, for yeah. that. I don't like waiting on ads just for you to keep somebody and then i
1: had to spend money Mm -hmm. to go ahead and put this ticket in this bucket that you must have done that one there was one in north hollywood i went to with my brother and we get there and they're like he's like hey she's a comic and they're like what do you want five minutes or ten minutes oh my god at first yeah mm. i was like okay 10 minutes Mm -mm. and then they were like that's ten dollars right and i was like okay five minutes right (laughs) Well, I was actually like, I'm going to leave. But my brother was like, no, we're here. Like, here's five bucks. I was like, fine, five minutes, whatever. We pay. Then they charge him five bucks to watch the mic. What? Yeah, to watch the mic. We go in. The room's in the back. We get to the back. He's the only non-comic there. Everyone else knew each other. Um, And it was a bucket, which I'd never Uh, seen before because I thought there'd be a host of some sort. Yeah. But they're like, not only are we going to charge you money, but we're not even going to have a host for this show. Uh, So what happens is the first comic, someone pulls a name out of a bucket, they go up then when they're done they pull a name out of the bucket and just call the next person up
0: it's so scary to yeah do it is.
1: Yeah. at one point i was like is my name even in this freaking bucket <laughs> is it in there because like, right? again i waited like i was like are they they somehow oh rigged the bucket <laughs> and i finally go up and no nightmares. one was yeah no one was paying attention because they all were just like friends chit chatting yeah. waiting for themselves and just to go do their yeah. set yeah. and it's like i don't
0: understand what do you do this for how yeah. do you get how does you gain any access do how do you get anywhere just doing your set somewhere that don't feel right to me (laughs) i remember the first time i think it was a silver silver lounge or something like that so i remember going to this one place and i'm like oh this is a mic somebody had passed and they did a special mic but i thought this is how this mic always was so i went there Living it up, man. It was a good time. Damon Wayans Jr. came in. I got to go on before him and everything. That's awesome. You know, I got a free drink because I did so well. I was like, hell yeah, man. This shit was awesome. It was upstairs, you know. I was like, this is a cool place. Saw my homies and all that. And then fucking Jeff Buck comes in town. He's about to start living there. And I'm like, Jeff, man, was this place I did this mic at, man. You need to come do this mic, man. It's awesome. I take Jeff to this motherfucker. And then I go, look, I'm like, man, it's usually upstairs and we get in there and it's not upstairs and they're like yeah man the comedy shows through that curtain over there i'm like uh this is different but it was still yeah. cool like, you know right, right, we can go and, with you know, this and i go through the curtain and this is this dark room it looked like a, the place where they store the chairs and stuff <laughs> and it, it, it was it was very dark and it was one of those rooms where you had to put you had to buy a drink and then fucking take that drink ticket and put it in the bucket and then you go ahead and play from there And i was like hey man i I guess I mean it was cool, you know. And I, I I convinced Jeff to stay, and I'm like, it's gonna be a good time. And we stayed there, and Jeff put his money in the bucket pot too, and I, I went up way late, and then Jeff never got called, and what? I was like,
1: how did you not get called? It was just
0: it was just way too late. Like I don't know, they were bringing other people up there. It was it was just the luck of the pot. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm my bad. I hyped this place up like it was gonna be someplace good. You know first time mm-hmm. like shame on me like i tried to do well, this what? a few other times and it kept happening that way And i'm yeah. like yo i swear this is much better
1: <laughs> that <laughs> like, yeah no and it's hard because you're like I, like go in my brain and <laughs> yeah. access this memory yeah. of damon wayne's like like i yeah, access this at night like, one time in college, um, my roommates and I went to this. It was a dive bar. It was called the Hotsi Totsi. <laughs> That's um, a fun name. In Berkeley, California. And we go there, and we have this wild, coyote, ugly night, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the bartenders are on the bar. They're feeding us uh, they're fun, feeding fun. us shots. Like, the music's blaring. Everybody, It's, like, all young people dancing and partying. And we got so drunk, like, just doing shots all night. <laughs> like, I think at one point my roommate was on the bar. Like, we were having this, like, wild, crazy <laughs> bar adventure. And we we're like, oh, my God, we got to go back there but like in a month because that's too too much yeah so we go back a month later we walk in there's like two old white guys at the bar they're playing country music it's dead like, what like did we imagine that like this thing happens so you're probably like did i imagine <laughs> like this magical night where like i did so well people are giving me drinks and <laughs> celebrities are showing up and then the next time you show up it's like it's, you can't even
0: see uh, where to go <laughs> oh my god that is that's that's la for you the, yeah the, i call it hollywood magic i tell mm-hmm. everybody hollywood magic is real because mm-hmm. they own a random day just uh it could be a tuesday it does not matter Weird and amazing shit will happen. Like, I, I remember being out there with Jeff. I, I ran into a few people that were famous. And I was like, I don't understand this. Like, in their house, in their backyard, just chilling. And like, I don't, <laughs> like, what? It's just a random, I'm like, this is amazing. This And that. that is the lure that'll keep you there. And I knew I did not want to be there. And I was not supposed to be out there. And I'm glad at some point in time the universe told me, oh, you got to go. Because yeah. I mean it, LA was nice It was it was amazing And I really did enjoy it It was beautiful out there But it was not for me It was not for me at all
1: But like, how do you get better So the way to get better at stand up Is well number one Is put the work in Right Keep doing your stuff Keep working on your jokes But number two You have to do them In front of an audience have to have an audience That's gonna give you a reaction And let you know What works and what doesn't Because I think a lot of things Are funny That nobody thinks are funny Yeah and You're that's
0: okay right. I need uh, I need the separate <laughs> energy the outside of my head energy to understand oh do they find this funny then okay justification yeah. And I don't know if they understood that out there I was like you we all comics in here we, yeah. there's not I mean half of y'all I know y'all and y'all seen me do this how am I gonna progress if I keep telling y'all the same shit yeah. This doesn't make sense. And I'm like I did, I was it was driving me crazy. And I was like I don't understand. I was like where's where's the good shit at? Like how do you how do you how do you progress and get better Like I heard I hear a lot of famous people come out of LA, but how do they do that when this is what you got to go through? Like yeah. I I, have, it, I was baffled the entire time I was out there. I was like I don't I don't get it. It's, yeah.
1: Cause they should have the opportunities like in New Orleans. I used to call it this is pre COVID because COVID destroyed everything. Mm. Um, but pre COVID, I would call it the trifecta. So Uh, I had a joke that worked at Carrollton Station, which is a bro bar. It's near Tulane. Yes. Um, It gets a lot of bros. Um, If I could tell a joke there and I could tell a joke at House of Blues, which was in the French Quarter, uh, which has tourists. Yeah. um, And it worked there. So tourists from like all over the world, a lot of times just the Midwest. Um, But they're a good, you know, they're a good scale. And then. The trifecta was 12 mile limit, which is generally like a PC uh, hipster kind of crowd so that like if you can get the bros on board, the hipsters uh, hipsters. and the PC folks on board and the random tourists on board with a joke, that joke is a winner. 90% 90 to 95% of the time
0: that is exactly (laughs) that in my head people people from New Orleans that was the trifecta that you wanted because there was certain places that you understood like oh I can can tell this joke but I'd probably have to tell this joke this way if I'm Mm -hmm. coming here and ooh that is the fun mm-hmm. juggle. That is the yeah. fun little juggle that you get to take down in New Orleans comedy. Yeah,
1: because
0: you get a little bit. Of, you get a little bit of everything down here.
1: Yeah, because some jokes like you'll do it at one place, and if you just keep going back to Carrollton, yeah. and you just do jokes in front it of the bros, like these jokes will work there. But you you got to take them other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I always I enjoyed that like kind of balance of things.
0: Mm. It is, it is such a good time It's such a fun remember a fun remembrance to understand where we came from down here just because like i'm glad that Carlton is still going i'm glad that carolton will all for always and forever be what it is because i love it just now it's the nostalgia of it mm-hmm. just to go back now we have some new shit popping up, which is some old shit, but it's still some shit that people ain't really fucking with, but people are fucking with. Yeah. You know, I'm being cryptic just because you kind of understand where I'm going with it. I know this.
1: exactly what you're and talking it, about. It,
0: it makes me upset, but also happy for those people, but upset to see, you know, that it's it, it seems like it's making a mockery of New Orleans comedy, but it's not. Like, I, I just, I can't stand that other side. I... Yeah, but- no,
1: I... <laughs> Uh, once again, if you're just doing comedy in front of other people that are just going to celebrate you no matter what, you're never going to progress. Like, right. I'll just put it that way. Like, it's just. Oh, it, and sorry for the crudeness, it. but it's a circle jerk. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I, I don't know if we're if we talk if appropriately on nope, here or yes not. Yes, you can. Yes, you can.
0: Everybody from the the inside, the inner circle, sees it. So certain people understand what, what that. And nah, I should have asked Liza this because he had a good take on it. But certain people see that and. Certain people, like the people that listen to me, at least they they'll definitely be like, "Oh yeah, I know what he's talking about," and it 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 bothers me just because it's like. Ooh, you taking something that you ain't been a part of. Like, you being a part of, but you been a part of it in a very scummy way. And you don't, you just looking to capitalize off the peons that you can bring in. Not saying that people are peons, but that it feels like that's how you look at these people because of the way that you treat them and and how you treated them before. Like, and so I'm like, I can't, I've been here since the beginning. I I can't get on board with the bullshit,
1: but also you doing your thing and I fucking hate that oh look if you have a pyramid scheme you have to have people at the bottom of the pyramid or the shit doesn't work it's not a pyramid scheme oh yeah (laughs) i'm being cryptic too (laughs) yeah
0: that's so good (laughs) man it makes me and it's just like do i is am i justified for feeling this way am i okay to feel this way but i know the certain people that i that i see it the same way they're like no you 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 right you it's okay to feel that way it's like okay
1: Okay, uh, guess, I mean, guess what? they have opinions about everybody else, too. so right. it's like a two way street i I think, and you know, from what i've I've been told. um but my thing is, you know, as much whatever feelings I have about that, like is, and especially with comedy, like I said, the New Orleans scene is very supportive, but it's mm-hmm. mostly like. I have to remind myself all the time just stay in your lane like yeah. what i want to do and what i want to achieve it it doesn't i'm not in competition with anybody else um and sometimes you do feel that way where like mm-hmm. this person got this or they you know there's this headliner coming here and i you know i'm not opening oh, or i'm not part right, of it or right. whatever like you can We've get that. that feeling you, yeah you can get that but it's like no stay in your lane keep working on your jokes if your jokes are good and you progress as a comedian yes. You will get gigs and yeah. you will get opportunities yeah. and you might not have gotten that one, but there's four more and out so there. Many.
0: And, and the city has, the oh man, the the, I, the 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 comedy scene in this city is so goddamn resilient and I've loved that. I've loved that ever since I've grown in this scene down here. Just to see, I've seen the fluctuation of like in and out and in and out and every time people come down it's like yeah I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and it's like oh, alright man come on it ain't easy and then yeah. you see them crumble and fall and disappear and it's like alright man those people that couldn't cut it but like people like like mm-hmm. the people that we've grown up with in this scene we understand what it takes to keep it going and that's why certain places yeah. have kept it going people see the, the glitz and the glam of New Orleans comedy scene and they try to jump in and be like oh yeah, well, I'm gonna do this
1: so my thing is too like okay like stay in your lane you know don't worry about what anybody else is doing worry about your shit and your material but also if you don't love comedy and you just want to be on stage or you just want attention you're not going to progress past a certain point you'll put together a five-minute set that you can do a thousand times and it'll be fine but you're never going to progress because you're not working on your comedy and on who you are it's not just who you are on stage who you are out
0: off stage yeah off stage Definitely, Uh, and I I have noticed that I have slowly but surely became more of the persona that I am on stage, meaning that I think the persona that I am on stage like morphed because of the person that I am. Because I've noticed that I am a comic, so all that in in my head I'm like, all right. So the person that I because I feel as if I found my voice now. So the person that I am on stage is the same person that I am off stage is just more uh, dialed in and in tune to, to what I'm doing. The person off stage, I, I can be that way, but I sometimes like to recluse and I, I prefer to be to myself and alone you know <laughs> it's, but you know people always see me it's like oh you're always smiling you're always having a good time it's just because you know, i don't want you to see it sad it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's dark in here you know but, you know i don't want to bring it in. i've always i always want to be this person that people see on the stage and i finally feel as if i've 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 found that voice and i i enjoy that I, and
1: i think you have like you're talking about you now you know yeah. like the when i saw you recently you were talking about being married yeah um which is a new thing that's happened and you're yeah, like i'm fun. gonna take this and share it on stage and it wasn't like oh my wife take yeah, it, like, no, you no. were talking about real things yeah. that you're experiencing and that's come out and that takes years to really figure that out yeah like i said my first set i was talking about an olympics that nobody's <laughs> heard of um but that wasn't me that's not who i am but it took me a while to to find out and now you know I am like my last girlfriend was like you share more on stage than you do with me and I was like I don't think that's true like, <laughs> but I can understand where she feels uh, that way because I've worked really different. hard yeah. on this intimacy with the audience that I think she you know misunderstood a little bit yeah it is, um, it but is yeah wild. It's, that stuff takes time and you have to be open you can't be like I'm yeah. not going to talk about this part of my life like I don't talk about work because it's not funny um, but I have a couple jokes about about work in an office, like because that's I work in an office forty hours of a week, and it yeah. sucks.
0: Yeah, there's there's gonna be <laughs> some funny that comes out, yeah. and I actually have something funny that comes from work now. Uh, and don't tell your is, co-worker yeah. <laughs>
1: he's <doesn't> gonna want credit. <gasps> <laughs> like I oh, co-wrote no. that joke <laughs> Oh no It is actually
0: his fault And he calls it upon himself uh, <laughs> He was one of those people That came up He was like Hey man tell me a joke And I'm like man And every day he would do that and I would Every re- day Yeah damn near every day For a while <laughs> And somebody, t- Until somebody told him He was like Hey man Don't nobody come up to you And be like Hey man do electrical for me You know Because that's his job He yeah. get paid to do that And I was like thanks man I don't You know I get I get bogged down When people do that to me Because I don't know How to respond to it I'm like well this is what I do But also then that feels fucking ugly. It feels very gross for you to do that. You know, it's like and plus I was telling I'm like, man, what I do ain't really jokes, they're life experiences. So I can't just tell you a joke. I can sit down to you and tell you something serious that'd be silly but to tell you a joke I, I don't have jokes like that now I feel like I'm not a comedian comedian because you put me on a fucking <laughs> spot like this <laughs> so. you, know what, you
1: know what I do though what? I say okay um, because here's the thing it is way more awkward for the other person
0: <laughs> to I
1: make eye contact oh, I get close yeah. and I'm like you want to hear a joke <laughs> okay here it is the other day I was you know I, yeah. because it makes them so uncomfortable because they have yeah. to
0: laugh they, Right. Like, right. are okay.
1: a jerk if they don't, like they uh, asked for this
0: yeah <laughs> and see that's a funny thing they Be-
1: signed up they signed the petition signed, so. in, yes
0: and I, I, this is how i look at it every time i tell this joke because this person that <laughs> came up to me got lazy eye and now I, I i bring it to the forefront because he got a lazy eye and he knows he has one because he got a tattoo on his stomach that says lazy <laughs> yeah. eye so it's like no, no 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 you bring this up you bring this upon yourself you even take it upon yourself to be like oh i know people talk about my lazy eye you should use that in your bit thank you yeah i have (laughs) i got it down it's a good five minute piece now appreciate the kudos to go ahead and use it i got i got the thumbs up he gave me the thumbs up i'm going with it and oh boy, it's a bang. Oh.
1: yeah. When people give you that permission, yeah. it's like, you don't know what you just saw. Oh,
0: <laughs> and it slowly, it slowly but surely wrote itself because just more and more, as he got comfortable in in the cockiness that he was, mm. like more and more revealed that oh, this is the layers of the bit, how I should tell it, and it is it is a joy.
1: Well, I like I, you know I've heard that bit and I like it too because the minute you're like this guy has a lazy eye, you're like oh wait. Wait, wait, wait. Is he going to do something really uncomfortable? And then you don't, you know? And then you're just like, no, he has this tattoo. uh, Yeah. And I kind of like that, like... Moment of like, oh shit! Right? Oh shit! Is this gonna be like a groan, or I have to like walk away, Can't, or I no. have to like never look Kyle in the eye again? Like <laughs> what? Or I have to have a conversation with him about what's okay and, and it's what's always not okay? Something like and that. And then you take it to a place where it's like, okay, we're all on board with yeah. this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes really silly and, and, and really silly. And then everybody's like, man, that's that's hilarious mm. and, and just for the for the fact of people that understand that, oh, he he actually. Takes pride in what he has, and it's like, oh, people feel they feel they they feel a certain the wave of emotions that people have after I do it. And it's like, yeah, you see where I went with there, and it's like, ah, that's that's silly. I
1: like that. <laughs> I'm like, good,
0: good. I thought about that, and it made me feel good as I tell it because oh boy, he he's a person that he is very cocky and confident. And the the the, the people that he shits on, it's like, why would you?
1: Just every day because he's a little littler than you, you just gonna shit on him, <laughs> like yeah.
0: But that's him. That's
1: what yeah, it is. So it's like, over, okay. you know, overcompensation comes yeah. in many forms. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and he overcompensates a lot with everything he got like some 15s in his back in the back of his truck he got a foghorn on his truck okay. just just overcompensates all at all times like oh look at my earrings but these diamonds bigger than yours type of overcompensation it's like man it's not cool son. you too old for that
1: like why yeah i was just talking to my roommate <laughs> we we were driving and we saw this truck with these obnoxious wheels and they had the tinted windows <laughs> right. and, and all this shit on it that i was just like I, and it uh. did, but it didn't have truck nuts and i was just like we should just have truck nuts and like put them on these cars that like should have truck nuts because yes. we should be warned at all times because right. you know like when you see truck nuts you're like this guy this guy um but that one you have to kind of drive around and be like oh these windows are tinted and these tires look like this and these rims are like this and i was like I was like, that would be a service <laughs> yeah. we would provide to them
0: this is a truck nut guy here you go you, <laughs> you know, like, people you need put those these. ducks
1: on the jeeps it's like oh. this is the same thing yeah <laughs> I got truck nutted. <laughs> I got truck nutted. Oh, okay. Don't don't steal that idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is like if I ever got rich and just had stupid money.
0: <laughs> I got, that'd be a good yeah, that'd be a good skit. Just people come over to their car and be like ah ah, and then they turn to the camera. I got truck nutted. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
1: I would just love to see the reactions. Of like, yeah. did I get drunk and buy truck nuts? <laughs> what did we do yesterday, man? <laughs> oh that's hilarious okay all right now you
0: since you be the first person on here uh, I mean the first time on here I'd like to do this uh i like to do this game of choices where uh you got four choices and four options all right so your choices are you'd be one, you'd raise one sell one and then have relations with the other one all right and your options are mermaid, Maguire, Mexican and a manatee all
1: right that's a mogwai
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> is that
1: some then, nerd shit is it from game of thrones it's, from,
0: it's gizmo from uh oh Good okay yeah, i do yeah, know that yeah. nerd shit Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> god i guess i have relations i don't know i'm kind of curious to have relations with a mermaid ah everybody's everybody's always <laughs> curious most of the
0: time they, they take that route jason yeah. is also a mermaid just let everybody know
1: yeah so um I want to be responsible for Gizmo, <laughs> but not the other ones. <laughs> not the bad ones. <laughs> okay.
0: Go raise, to raise the Maguay. All right.
1: I'm scared to talk about the Mexican. I don't, I don't know. What are the, my other B wins? Oh, uh, yeah, uh,
0: you got a B one, sell one, sell one. Uh, you're gonna raise the Maguay, and you're gonna have relations with also. Uh, oh, it's uh, either you can be the Mexican or you can sell the Mexican. So. Yeah, well, I can't.
1: I guess I'll be. This got weird. Yeah. Your combination was detrimental. Yeah, yeah, I started off on, on the wrong not foot with the mermaid. <laughs> So well, would I sell the other thing? Uh, the uh, the vanity. Yeah. Yeah, okay. There you go. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Send it to though, a, yeah, but yeah,
0: a, a reservation home. to a good home. Saving. Yeah. Y- y- you're keeping things from going extinct.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ah. Oh.
1: So we'll just the sell safe it. Yeah, yeah, I will just like sell it, <laughs> like <laughs> on the street with a no, sock No, no, no. You,
0: you found an yeah. injured one, and, and now, I, boom, you found. And so they they take rescued manatees, and they give you a profit mm. for finding that. So
1: yeah. boom, I and there you Gizmo will go visit. Hell It'll yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh man, that's
0: always a good. I time. just think
1: everything is from Game of Thrones. Like my friend the <laughs> other day was talking about some cheese I hadn't heard of, and I was like, "What is that really? Game of Thrones character?" <laughs> <laughs> what kind like of cheese mor- was it? like mornay m-o-r-n-a-y and I've i was like heard that, that sounds like a game of thrones character i don't know because <laughs> now house of dragons is back i thought it was right. done i've never seen game of thrones i don't want to see it but
0: you thought it was over right i thought it was it, over it, boom hit you back with a yeah. spinoff it's like oh my god I need to catch up with the first one. Can
1: we? I know. So not only are they watching the spinoff, but everyone is re-watching or rereading <sighs> the books. And so now it's all coming back.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, right like, back I thought in I survived cycle. the G O Right G-O-T. back in the cycle. Yeah. No, not at all. No, oh. no.
1: It's never going to stop. Because at apparently there's still the guy still writing the last book, oh, which Jesus. will be or another book. I don't know if it's the last book. Don't don't come after me. <laughs> They're very serious about this. But it's like, I think uh, he's don't like, Harry Potter. writing another book and then there'll probably be another series of some sort. Oh. I'm sure there's 55 spinoffs. We'll have an amusement park soon, but that'd be real weird.
0: <sighs> that would. There's a lot of incest and, and I. That's
1: why I didn't watch it because I'm like, what's it about? And everyone's like, incest and dragons. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, 50% of that. Like, like who are we understand. liking? <laughs> yeah. are we, we're liking the dragons. We can get past the incest, but
0: when the dragons come out, it's amazing. It's ah.
1: There's other stuff with dragons that yeah, doesn't have incest, know. you know? <laughs> watch Shrek. Like, yes. <laughs> All
0: right, well, man, tell people where they can find you at, G.
1: Okay, um, all my social media is Amanda G. Thang, uh, T-H-A-N-G. I host my own podcast, the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. uh, Every Tuesday night, you can catch me at Howling Wolf on Comedy Beast at 8 p.m. Uh, every Monday, I co-host an open mic at 12 Mile Limit, the yeah. PC hipster mic, if you Comedy. will. Um, <laughs> so come see some weird open mic. And um, once a month, every second Friday, I host a queer storytelling show called uh, Greetings from Queer Mountain. So our Hell next one, October yeah. 14th, if this comes out at any point before then. Hell yeah. Did you mention podcasts? Yeah. You're okay. Queer to My Heart. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, um, and you can find us on every platform, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hell yeah, man. And that y'all can reach me out if y'all want to. Nobody emails me, but I throw it out there anyway. Tell me a joke, yo, at gmail.com. Send me some stories or some swear to gods or something like that if you feel compelled. But other than that, man, you know where to find me the Monaco Minutes on Instagram. Put the the in front because the other person stole my shit. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh but this has been Tell Me a Joke, the guy that chasing the dream. I've been your host, the Monaco menace Cosmic. Say the whole thing like a pimpane slick back. And until next time, everybody. <laughs> I'm